This is Real Estate News with Kathy Fedke. With recent rate hikes and Federal Reserve Chief Jerome Powell saying there's more to come, investors should expect a recession around the corner. Some say we're already in one, and that could be true, except that unemployment is still very low, job creation is high, banks have high reserves, and corporations are sitting on tons of cash. Retail sales are strong and consumers are spending. Plus, the Fed is continuing to raise rates, which is not what they do during a recession. They lower rates in a recession to stimulate things. So this tells me the economy's been racing at full speed, while the Fed is stomping on the brakes. That sounds like a volatile ride. And Powell admits it could be a hard landing. Investors need to be wearing their seatbelts and maybe a helmet and some pads. I'm Kathy Fetke, and this is Real Estate News for Investors. I'll be giving my opinions today instead of the news. If you haven't recession-proofed your life yet, you better get on it. This means cutting back on unnecessary expenses, sticking to a budget, and saving money so you have plenty of cushion. I was at a real estate conference yesterday, and it seemed like a lot of people there were not fully aware of how much the economy is changing and will change over the coming year. Last year's strategies may not work today. In fact, strategies from the last decade may not either. Real estate investors should take an audit of their portfolios and make sure they have plenty of reserves for potential vacancies. After all, Powell is planning to wipe out a million jobs, at least. With that said, times like this can offer some of the best opportunities for investors. We're seeing it already. There's far less competition in the market, and prices are coming down. We're able to negotiate, finally. That's why I've launched a single-family rental fund in North Texas, where job growth is not slowing down. The Biden administration wants chip manufacturing to come back to the U.S., so many of those chip manufacturers are headed to North Texas to build their factories, along with many other companies that are escaping the high-tax, high-regulation states like California. You can find out more about the massive job creation in North Texas and our new fund at growdevelopments.com. It's a Reg D506C, by the way, so I can talk about it here. Again, that's my new syndication company, growdevelopments.com. Now, when buying a property in today's market, I like to stick with four building blocks that I found to be resilient in any economy, even during a downturn. Let's call these the legs of a chair. The first leg is job growth. Today, it's not too difficult to find markets with job growth. This year, companies created an average of 450,000 new jobs every month, compared to less than half that during the decade before the pandemic. There are now more than 11 million job openings. As investors, it's important that we understand where those jobs are and that the job market in any metro we invest in is well diversified and not dependent on just a handful of industries that could be affected in a downturn. According to John Burns Real Estate Investing, the top five markets that have had the highest growth of high-paying jobs are Las Vegas, Dallas, Jacksonville, Austin, and Atlanta. Metro areas that have more high-paying jobs today than before the pandemic are Austin, Dallas, Jacksonville, Raleigh-Durham, and Tampa. When you're looking for a place to buy investment property, make sure the job growth we're seeing at a national level is happening at the local level. Because where there are jobs, there will also be population growth. That leads us to the second leg of the chair, population growth. 
Right now, there's a whole generation of young people, the largest in U.S. history, ready to settle down, start families, and buy homes, or rent homes if they can't afford to buy. This generation is also highly educated and great with technology, so many can work remotely. That's something to take into consideration when you're looking at migration patterns. You can check migration reports from U-Haul and Atlas van lines to see which metros are attracting the most newcomers. Texas and Florida have been at the top of that list. You can also see which metros are losing more people than they're attracting. Those are the metros you might want to avoid. Lately, we've seen a lot of movement from the northeast to the southeast, and from the west coast to the northwest, or further inland like Arizona, Colorado, and Texas. The third leg of our chair is affordability. Home prices have surged along with interest rates, making it tough for first-time home buyers to afford a home, so they're forced to rent. Landlords can provide housing that's affordable to these want-to-be homeowners, solving one of today's biggest problems. In order to find property that a renter can afford, be sure to understand the average income of the area. Rent should be three to four times less than monthly incomes. You can determine affordability by comparing the average mortgage payment to the average income of the area as well. Income should be three to four times housing costs to be considered affordable. Even so, with mortgage rates up, more and more people are priced out of the home buying market and are forced to rent. Every metro has different insurance and tax rates, so be sure that the property you plan to purchase cash flows after all expenses, and again, have plenty of reserves in place for potential vacancies and repairs. I set aside 6 to 12 months expenses in reserves. On older homes, I use 7 to 10% of rent set aside for potential repairs. But if you want to be extra cautious and the property hasn't been updated already, set aside much more as new roofs and HVAC systems can be pricey. Newer homes generally don't need as much in reserves, especially if you have a home warranty. But still keep that 6 to 12 months rent reserves because we are going into a time where we're going to see job losses. And the fourth leg of the chair is infrastructure growth. As much as I love cash flow, I like appreciation even more. After all, if you purchase a rental property for, let's say, $200,000 and put 20% down, that's $40,000 that you've invested. If the property increases in value by, say, 5%, that's $10,000 gain, or about a fourth of your initial investment. That means that after four years, you'd have made back 100% of your investment just on appreciation alone, not including the cash flow or the tax deductions. But appreciation is speculative because we have no idea where prices will be in a few years. However, if a metro area is investing heavily in its own growth, you can expect there will probably be future growth. If new freeways, hospitals, and schools are being built nearby, the city planners are expecting growth and they're spending money to prepare for it. Generally, values increase in those areas over time. For example, when we bought properties in Rockwall, Texas in 2005 and 2006, this was technically the top of the market cycle. But we were still happy to buy properties, even though we were paying close to retail, because they cash flowed. But more importantly, we knew there was very high job and population growth nearby. In fact, it was the highest in the country. Additionally, we knew a new freeway was being built nearby, making the commute to those jobs much faster. Now, Texas had not been known for appreciation at all at that time. It was a flat market. So we weren't expecting appreciation, just cash flow. 
but we did anticipate that prices could go up due to all that growth. Sure enough, we paid between $120,000 to $150,000 for new homes in Rockwall, Texas. Today, they're worth three times that. Investing in cities that are investing in themselves is an important part of the formula. That's why I call it the fourth leg, especially in today's environment. But beware of cities that are losing jobs and losing population. So once you've found a market with all four legs of the chair and you want to find an investment property there, I would definitely recommend working with an agent who specializes in real estate investments. That way, they'll understand the rental market better than a retail agent. Even better, work with someone who owns rental properties in the area. They will definitely understand the rental demand, cap rates, and what to look for in a rental property versus retail. So what type of property should you invest in? Well, some properties perform better than others during a downturn. Single-family rentals, or SFRs, have been extremely popular in recent years. Rents have gone up faster, especially during the pandemic. Many people moved out of apartments in search of standalone homes because they wanted more space to go outside and to work from home. Now, higher home prices have left many potential buyers still wanting that single-family home, even if they have to rent it. Yet supply is still half of what it should be to meet demand. This is why single-family rents have gone up the fastest. However, returns on short-term rentals is starting to decline. This may be partly due to the increase in supply versus waning demand. You'll also pay more for management, cleaning, and maintenance. Local rules and fees for short-term rentals can also present a challenge. And you're taxed differently. However, I still love my short-term rentals. Multi-unit buildings have traditionally performed well during recessions because rents tend to be more affordable than single-family homes. There's an advantage to financing a multifamily property, too, because you have more income-producing units with just one loan. However, the LTV requirements today are much lower, so prepare to put more money down and definitely have plenty of reserves in place. Tenants of multifamily properties tend to move more often. Condos will be the least expensive to purchase, and thanks to the Homeowners Association, it could be easier to maintain. The HOA might place more limits on what you can do with the property, so you need to check the rules ahead of time. And beware that the HOA fees can be high, which can wipe out the cash flow. They can also be harder to finance, especially if there's a lot of rentals in the building. Older condo units may have deferred maintenance, so be sure to check the HOA minutes so you don't get stuck paying an extra assessment fee you weren't expecting. HOAs should have plenty of reserves on hand to cover those maintenance issues. So make sure you check on that too. Storage facilities tend to do well during downturns as people may need to downsize but don't want to sell their things. Mobile home parks and RV parks seem to cash flow like crazy in any economy. Well, that's a very short list of reasons to consider one type of rental over the other. The key to making any of them work is finding good property management, especially if those rentals are located far away from where you live. And if you're new to investing, leave the management to the pros. Otherwise, you might have some big learning lessons along the way. Every city has different landlord laws, so if you do self-manage, make sure you know the rules. And if you want a referral to some tried-and-true property management companies in some of the strongest markets in the U.S., check out newsforinvestors.com. Click on the Invest button, and you'll see a drop-down of different cities, and you'll get access to lots of data on those areas. Finally, Owning rental property is a business and it must be treated like one. Good financial bookkeeping is imperative. That's why owning rental property is somewhat passive, but not completely. 
You have to pay attention to your investments and make sure you have the right loans in place, insurance, and property management. Some people are just too busy with their own businesses or jobs, which is why investing in a fund or syndication can give you some of the same benefits of tax savings, cash flow, and appreciation, but someone else does all the work for you. That's why we created our North Texas Fund. Again, you can find out more about that at growdevelopments.com. I'm Kathy Fedke. Thanks for joining me here on Real Estate News for Investors. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to newsforinvestors.com.